Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Hello and welcome back to another episode. It is Tuesday morning and I am recording this for Wednesday. Usually not what I do. Usually I have everything handled, you know, three or four days prior. But what's neat is a lot of what I wanted to do for this episode was really highlighted in session last night. So I was working with her and it's something that I'm working through on my own right now. And it's the idea that not every thought we have actually means something. Now, our brains might clue us in differently, But that's why it matters that we work through what's the truth and what does my brain say and we create some distinction there. Because not every thought is significant. Not every thought means something. We think, I mean, the literature says anywhere between like 30,000 and 50,000 thoughts a day, 26 thoughts a minute. Not every one of them can mean something. So as I'm working with clients, she received some critical feedback from her boss on an evaluation. And honestly, it wasn't anything all that intense. It wasn't even an opportunity for growth as much as an observation that they made. And she responded very sensitively to it. And so when she heard this feedback, her brain is already in a threat analysis. And it's it's warning her that, uh uh-oh, someone's on to me. I might not be safe in my job. I'm feeling really insecure right now. Following the evaluation within maybe an hour or two, she then got an email from her boss. And In her email, he signed it, thanks, period, Dan, or whatever his name was, instead of thanks, exclamation point, Dan. And so now her brain has tracked that he's angry with her because he used a period instead of an exclamation point. So she's certain that he's mad at her because of the use of his punctuation. So last night we spent an hour talking through this idea that her brain is sending her clues about danger but it sounds like her brain is making associations and assumptions that might not be accurate. So then we work on this next idea, and this is really such a pivotal piece of us understanding what's going on in our brains. And a client said this to me a couple weeks ago. They said, well, I was working with a former therapist, and this therapist said to me, it's not about the first thought that you have, it's the next one that counts more. So what that means is our brains have a lot of automatic thoughts. There's a lot of things that go on under the surface. And when we're thinking our 30,000 to 50,000 thoughts a day, a lot of weirdness just comes up. Some of the literature actually says that about 13% of our daily thoughts are actually borderline absurd. You know, they can be diabolical. They can be really dark and twisty. And we all have them. So if that's you, understand that that's going on inside of all of our brains. And our automatic thoughts aren't necessarily a representation of our current values. It is a representation of some of our current beliefs, which is interesting. And that's why we have to observe what our automatic thoughts are. But it's not about that first thought you have. It's the next one that counts more. Because we can retrain our brains with a lot of repetitions to think new thought patterns. Brain malleability is a thing. Neuroplasticity is one of the most 
important pieces of science, at least from my point of view, that can help us work out a lot of the issues that we experience in life. I want to use the idea of addiction for just a couple minutes here. So when I was back in my internship, we're talking about five years ago, I had a gentleman coming to see me and he was using porn to the tune of about 12 hours a day. And and we're talking about all day, every day, his marriage is falling apart. His parents are being neglected. There's so much going on. And he has checked out to life to the degree of 12 hours a day of pornography consumption. And so I go to my supervisor and I say, Dr. Lehman, this is not something I'm I'm capable of working with 12 hours a day. I'm so overwhelmed by this. There's, there's not even help for him, is there? And he said, Stephanie, addiction is addiction is addiction. His brain is doing a certain thing right now. You have to work on helping his brain rewire to do things differently. That's why for us in clinical work, and when I say us, I'm talking about people that I'm closest to. Not everyone shares this belief, but that's why the Western model of AA is so, so concerning. The goal isn't to rip on Alcoholics Anonymous because they do bring a lot of value to many people's stories, but the success rate of AA is about one third of the people who participate experience long-term success. That's pretty much the almost the identical statistic to those who give up drinking on their own. And AA has value. It offers psychoeducation, it offers resources, but the key that AA offers is community, which is one of the number one things that someone needs to successfully work through addiction issues. But even more basic, to work through addiction issues, we need to understand neuroplasticity. We need to understand that the brain is malleable because we need to understand that we can rewire what's going on under the surface. If we don't believe that our brains can create new patterns, then we're going to go through the AA mantra of once an addict, always an addict. And my friends, that's just not accurate. We, If we think that way about it, what we're doing is we're having the automatic thought that nothing can change it, that we are who we are, it is what it is. And that secondary thought of this is where I'm at right now, but I can still do something with this or I can still get better or I can make improvements. That's what's missing in the AA model. And so it's one of those pieces I have to work through with clients. Okay, what's the automatic thought there? What's the next thing we need to be thinking that would be helpful for you that shifts us towards change? So one of the things that happened last week for me is I have a pretty extensive history of binge eating issues. And so both binging and restricting, and that's something that's been, you know, kind of a longstanding piece of my story. And I'm at the point where I'm able to understand I am where I am right now. So I have to consider what my automatic thoughts are. But while I work on that, I can also work on rewiring my brain to be more healthy going forward. And so I was on my cruise last week and my friend is sleeping in kind of the middle of the afternoon, taking a long nap. And I'm sitting on the deck reading a book. I'm at the pool and I'm noticing a touch of agitation going on. And while that's happening, I'm thinking, well, why don't I just go get a snack? Why don't I just go enjoy, you know, my 734th dessert possibly? And I was able to stop myself and say, Steph, right now you're wanting connection. You're feeling bored. Going and eating something while it's going to give you kind of that dopamine dump with that, that neurochemical in the brain is going to hit for a minute. That's not what's really going on here. What's going on is you're feeling agitated. So the first thought said, go and get something to eat. My second thought, instead of just going and doing it automatically, was to sit there and say, why are you feeling agitated right now? So maybe you're wanting connection. Maybe you get up and go talk to one of the 1,500 people around you. That's something you could do. Or maybe you sit here and ride the roller coaster of discomfort for a few minutes and flex the muscle of saying, it's not that automatic thought, that impulse that I have to go tend to. I can sit here, realize what's going on, and I can talk back to it and say, you're fine. You're by the pool. You're on a cruise ship in the Mediterranean. You can go talk to people. You can 
can sit here and read your book. Those are both okay, but don't fall for the automatic thought that you have to go eat something just because you're feeling agitation. So in essence, I identify the first thought and then I made the decision about where to go next with it because over the last 15 months, I have sat in therapy every week, challenging my distortions, becoming aware of my belief systems and pushing back against them and realizing how malleable my brain actually is. And the piece of it that's so important to understand is it's not about that first thought that shows up. It's about what do you do once the first thought is there? So we want things. We have impulses. We have automatic things running for us, negative self-talk, belief systems, schemas. There's so many things going on under the surface that generate our initial impulse or our initial thought. So what I want you to think of is, okay, that first thought shows up now what do I want to do next? I'm thinking about myself a certain way. I'm criticizing myself. I'm doing something that's self-destructive. That's the thing that's running for me automatically. What do I want to do with that understanding? What do I want my second thought to be? So that's why in therapy, we work through things like thought stopping. We work through things like challenging distortions. We work through things about what are my automatic assumptions about myself. And once we bring them to our awareness, we can start tracking them, identifying them, noticing the patterns, and we can decide what's the very next thing I want to do. And I want to equip you with the understanding that your first thought says something about you. It says where you're at. It doesn't tell us who you are. It doesn't tell us your character. It can tell us again, a little bit of what's running under the surface with your values. And if you want those to shift, we look at the first thoughts, but what matters is what's the next thing that you think, because that is going to align more completely with your values, but also with what you want to be true about yourself going forward. So yes, the first thought matters. We want to track it. We want to identify and understand it, but what you do next is far more important. And I want you to think about that as you go through your day, as you go through your week, what are my initial thoughts? What's the very next thing I want to be true? Because that's where our power actually lies. And that's where the power of change is actually going to reside. Thanks so much, guys. I hope it was helpful. Hopefully you got through this with me with my scratchy voice today. I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm going to uh, go drink, I think, some lemon water and give my voice a rest for a little bit here. Have a good rest of your week. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.